Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Mems, a.k.a. Mr. This Is Why I'm Hot. And right now, you're locked into the Jake Brown Show. Mems! Uh. It's the Jake Brown Show, and you already know I'm going stupid on the floor. The Patriots won more. That's five. Tom Brady just became the greatest, guys. I mean, five Super Bowl titles, the greatest player in the history of the NFL. This is the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play Dot It, Spotify, iTunes Podcast, and if you are a Stitcher user, Stitch Away. What a freaking game. On my 26th birthday, I mean, you can't ask for something better. The Patriots win number five. Brady wins five. Belichick wins five. The greatest coach. The greatest quarterback. Not even the greatest quarterback. The greatest player to ever play the game. Uh, Luke's Falcons go down. Luke Cowper on the boards. I am Luke Cowper. Got Tommy Provine on the videos as well. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at RealTommyPro. Uh, we had Mims in the building. That interview will drop on Wednesday. The This is why I'm hot like this. And you also have our web extra this week, which is This is why I'm still hot featuring Mims and Jay Swizzy. Um, so you can check that out on our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page at Jake Brown Show. Like our Twitter. Follow our Twitter at Jake Brown Show. And let, follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. I mean, the scene was set. Doug Gottlieb was tweeting. Skip Bayless was tweeting, saying this thing is over. You had the Vince Carter gif over, slam dunk contest over. But oh my, did it just begin. Third quarter, Falcons score. They make it 28-3. This was after 21-3 at the half. And the icing seemed like it was on the cake. It seemed like Atlanta was finally going to win one. It looked like the Braves weren't going to be the only team with a championship in the city of Atlanta. We know there's broads in Atlanta, but are there championships in Atlanta? There is championship. And for a second, Luke, and to everybody listening, we thought there would be championships along with broads in Atlanta. And then Tom Brady. 28-9, to ending the third quarter. Fourth quarter begins. Matt Ryan, an inexcusable, well, good pass rush, fumble. And look at this. The Patriots have it in the red zone. They get that field position. Don't capitalize and score a touchdown. But key coaching decision there. You go for the field goal. You cut it to two possessions. It's 28-12 just like that. You play to win the game. And you know what? Things got interesting. You're saying two possessions. There's still 10 minutes left in this football game. This thing could happen. The Patriots, what do they do after the fumble? They score. They get a two-point conversion a la Kevin Falk style, getting the direct snap to the running back, James White. Very good. Very nice. Very swag. I like it. James White, two-point conversion. It's 28-20. Damn, son, where'd you find this one? James White. That's where, that's where we found him. Who knows where we found him? He came out of nowhere. It's 28-20. The conversion on the direct snap. Remember, folks, there's five minutes left. So you're thinking, you know what? All the Falcons need to do here, get a couple first downs, maybe a field goal. And then you get a wild series of events, folks. Julio Jones makes the catch that will be forgotten in Super Bowl history. A a big play. Ryan scrambles, finds him. He gets his feet in, puts them in field goal range. And you're thinking, oh, all the Falcons got to do here is nail a chippy. Matt Bryan, great kicker. He's got to make a field goal. And then Kyle Shanahan is making his trip to San Francisco a whole lot easier because he's about to get kicked out. 
And he, after the game, he didn't get in, get in the elevator because the elevator never came and got him. You know why? Because of that series of play calling. And you could blame Matt Ryan for taking the sack, sure. But let me tell you this. Devontae Freeman was averaging over six yards a carry in that first half. How the heck do you not go to him three times, eat the clock, and get the field goal? Hello? It's common sense. Herm Edwards will tell you. He's the he's the king of the the uh, school of clock management for coaches who don't learn, teach the clock good or whatever you want to call it. I mean, that is a situation, folks, where you have to. You have to run the football any chance of a sack and getting out of field goal range, you're ruined. Any chance of giving Matt Ryan time is the Eric Fisher effect, is the Travis Kelsey effect, is the effect of a potential hold. And look what we got. We got a sack and then a hold, and then you enter the territory of a question that people didn't talk about during the broadcast. He said, oh, you punt here. If you're the Falcons, what do you think about maybe letting Matt Ryan there go for a 62-yard field goal? He's made one before. Luke shaking his head, and I'd say no. I think that's the right decision because you want to play the field position game. But it's not something that was brought up. That is something that should cross the mind of a coach. I know it's deep, but it's indoors, and it's a guy who's made it from that distance before. It is something that had to have crossed your mind a little bit. Come on, son. I don't know. It's, I know. I know. It's very risky. Unfortunately, they were put in that scenario. But guys, I mean. Everyone listening, you have to have a brain to know you can't risk in a sack there. I mean, if Matt Ryan misses the 40-yard field goal, you know what? It's destiny. The Patriots win. But they didn't even give themselves a chance to kick that field goal. And then, folks, the rest is history. Julian Edelman pulls a David Tyree. James White scores again. Then James White... I mean, he does it later, but setting that up, two-point conversion, Danny Amendola just crossing the line, just over that line, and there was an offsides anyway. So James Wright probably would have scored if they didn't get if they didn't get that uh, two-point conversion. And it's twenty-eight, twenty-eight. Goes to overtime. Slater calls heads. The rest is history. James White, after that pass interference on Martellus Bennett, the defensive pass interference sets them up at the two. White gets it in, and the Patriots become the team that wins the only overtime game in the history of the Super Bowl, and they have the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. All the way up! And we're all the way up. They're the greatest team, greatest dynasty in the history of sports. Five Super Bowl since 2002. In a 15-year span, they've won once every three years on average. And in the NFL, how hard it is to do that. You just can't comment on how hard it is because in the era that we are in right now, folks, there is so much turnover in the other, so many injuries, so many coaching changes, so much going on that to win this many times with the same unit, it's not even unheard of it. It hasn't happened. It's not even that it's unheard of. It just hasn't happened. It's never happened before. We see so many coaching changes that Belichick, Brady consistently have been dominant over this last decade and a half. And they showed again that put all the naysay, put your fanhood aside. Take, I want you to take your fan cap off right now. Pretend that you are a casual fan and have no allegiance to any football team. Take it off. My Jets hat is off right now. And you cannot knock Tom Brady more. They didn't need a cheat. You know what? Those infractions, they're going to still win probably if they if they're not taping anyone, if they're not deflating any footballs. They're still going to win all this. So while it it, it puts a little bit of an asterisk in there, they're still a dynasty. They're still one of the great franchises ever. You put them up there with the Celtics. You put them up there with the New York Yankees. You put them right there. And we're talking about greatness. Oh, yeah, baby. It looks like we have a caller. Do we want to take a live callers right now? Let's do it. Might have to. Let's have some fun here. We're going to take a caller here on the Jake Brown Show. All right, you're on the Jake Brown Show. We're live right now. Who do we have calling? Where are you from? Oh, that's so awesome. My name's Rivers Jones from Jerusalem. Jerusalem calling it. Yes. And you're listening to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Just what, calling in. What do you want to talk about? So the first thing I wanted to know was um, 
do you or how often do you eat ass? <laughs> she she knew we're we're gonna hang up on her. <laughs> do we even keep that in the show? Rivers Jones I from Jerusalem. I think you got him, man. Wow, she, 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 I'll say this, Should man, we have kept it going? Probably not, because I think we knew where this was going. Yeah. Uh, she said that I'm good from Jerusalem. I wonder who that was. I think once she said, oh, I'm from Jerusalem, that was the first tip of, like, yeah, someone's probably up here. Like Jerusalem, like the town, the, si- like I the was, city in Israel? That's Or maybe, isn't there like Jerusalem in Pennsylvania? I love how people are dumb where they think it actually is live and that we can't change that. At this point, we should keep it in, but I... I like it. Keep it? I think we should keep the one in, but then we should probably vet everything else, you know? Yeah, and in the future, we're not going to... We're going <laughs> to we're gonna put this on the side. Now, we were we were waiting for people, and now finally did. Uh, it was probably just a troll or something, but she sounded so nice, and then I was like, this... Do you, Once she said, do you, I was like, this is not going to be about football. Yeah. Um, but... Oh, well. To answer that question, no, not really. <laughs> You don't go grocery shopping, no, Jake? No. That's, not, that's not you? I did a $270 grocery shop on Saturday. It was just ridiculous, <laughs> but not that what kind. What did you get? Um, I got Rice Krispie Treats. I, I didn't get it. I a, saw it. Was that on what? A 40-pack. It was. Dude, um, if you don't follow Jake on Snap, by the way, you're missing out. I'm not going to give out my Snap, but if you're interested. epic food shops are always up there. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't go a lot of food shopping, so I what know, I do. So when you go, it's exciting. When I do, what do I do? Do I do I go French Montana on them? Is that what I do? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what you do? Go all the way up. Uh, but to answer your question, Rivers Jones from Jerusalem, um, usually a no to that. Um, but anyways, back to football. Um, but guys, there's a couple of points I want to debate you on. And Lady Gaga show, we'll get into a couple minutes. Tremendous. Didn't actually come from the roof, but she was great. And there was no Trump references. It wasn't political. She actually sang. We didn't have. We didn't get a Mariah Carey pulled on us. I think overall, very good halftime show. And it's right there in the top five. Now, white Twitter wants to say it was the greatest ever. Black Twitter will come back and say, hey, Michael Jackson, Prince, Beyonce. Obviously, they're going to put Beyonce because Beyonce sneezes and is beloved on Twitter. Anything Beyonce does, people, people will do to her what Rivers Jones from Jerusalem told us. Uh, ask us what I do. Um, Ladies. But, yeah. Uh, just tremendous. But a couple questions I do want to pose to you. One. And I know we talked about this before the show. Should the Super Bowl be played since it is such a game of epic proportions? And you can weigh in on Twitter, Jake Brown Show, Jake Brown Radio. Should the Super Bowl be played with different overtime rules? Should we allow the other team to have a chance to score? I'll answer this first, and then I'll get it to you guys. In the Super Bowl, I'm honestly all for it. I think it's one chance where we should see what we have from both teams. I think and this is not me. I don't care if the Patriots won. I think it would have been nice to see the Falcons maybe have a chance and see that game go on. It's a situation where usually the rule is made. We don't want these guys to die out there, break out. This is the last game of the season. I mean, it's over after this. You have the off season to relax. So I do think in this situation, and Luke, I know you may argue, and I agree with this as well, the fact that maybe the rule should just be changed in general. I don't think it should be college. And I think there should still be a clock. I think there should still be 15 minutes. But you can argue that in general forever that the other team should be allowed a chance. Because if you get the ball first, you could win just like that. And it turns into sudden death. So I say yes, and maybe the whole thing needs to be changed. Luke, your thoughts? I think if you have the overtime rules the way that they are right now, I think it's better than doing You know, both teams get a shot. I think at the end of the day, um, if you like the Falcons, you went out there on defense. If you don't stop them, I mean, that's your shot right there. It's, that's what it's always been. So if what you would get a touchdown, then that's it. So you, so you agree with shot. that? You agree? I agree with what it currently is. Now, however, I am a big fan of the college rule. Mm-hmm. I would switch to the college rule as opposed to what we have now. But if I have the option between you know the old overtime rule or you know giving them both a shot... I'd keep what it currently is. I wouldn't make a special rule for it. But if I had my choice, do the college rule. It's the most fair. Everyone gets a shot. Tommy. Uh, so you're saying the college rule as in no clock, Luke. 
No clock. Why is there a clock? Yeah, Why do we need a clock? See, I think there should be a start clock. Of the 20, start of the 25, the, man. The thing is, you can't do that rule the entire season because guys have, have to. to play days later. If there's a Thursday game, it would be so much wear and tear at that point. If that happens on a Sunday night and you have a game on Thursday. Overtime is overtime. But if it goes if anything, on forever. There's less. To, you, there's less. Mm. If anything, no, you're that playing could less. Go eight overtimes if, if there's no clock. You could play you have to 15 have, minutes of actual game time. You have to have a clock. I feel like the percentage of I games that totally act, disagree. The percentage of games that actually go to overtime in the NFL. It's though, so low. It is so low. It's so low. What, so, what would you say, Tommy? Uh, I, listen, you have the the rules are so slanted in the NFL these days to offense mm-hmm. to scoring points that once it gets to the overtime, you have to honor defense and make defense a priority. In that scenario, and I understand it comes to the flip of a coin sometimes. That's the nature of the beast. Games are meant to be won in regulation, and it is. It's you know, it's tough for the Falcons. I mean, they got they got a couple breaks, you know, in that final frame. But you know, it, yeah, I, I like it the way it is. I, it should be yeah. the way it is. I don't think it's broken the way. Yeah, it I think is. it could be argued either side. I would just say, think about it. Maybe for playoff Super Bowl, think about. Changing it, but definitely uh, not necessary. How about this, guys? Uh, the commercial aired in October, a, a uh, Shields MRI commercial with Tom Brady. They come up with the updated one. I don't know if you saw this, where he has a fifth Super Bowl ring he pulls out of his pocket, and he ends it saying, Roger that. I'm sure you both saw that. Savage move. Just My incredibly savage. savage. To record that, Pretty, I mean, not knowing you'll win it, but having it in the bank ready – I mean, great marketing for Shields MRI and just a pure savage move. Now, my what I heard, and I don't know, Luke, you might have to look this up on the computer, is that he actually filmed two separate commercials, one where he didn't win the ring and one where he actually won the ring. But still, it's a savage move that you can just anticipate that How <laughs> four months too, later. That they win four it. months earlier, excuse and me. And to have Roger that on there, I mean, I'm sure they paid him a nice chunk, chunk of change to say that. Because, you know, Brady's a class act. He shook Roger's hand. There was nothing awkward in that scenario. Although earlier today when it, when they did this scenario, it was very awkward when they were trying to shake hands. And saw Brady Roger with that smiled. big smile. Big it, smile. And you saw Kraft kind of reference it when he <clears throat> celebrated after the game. He said, like, we've had some obstacles. Um, but there was nothing crazy awkward about it. Uh, and I know people at Barstool were loving every second of that. Uh, the whole Roger and them getting banned. Um, so good stuff there. Just savage move. And then, as I mentioned earlier, guys, the Falcons coach is getting stranded without an elevator. Kyle Shanahan ended up pissed because he had to walk through the crowd, kind of get down to the ground floor here. Maybe coaches should be on the sideline. Coordinators in the Super Bowl, I'd like to have on the sideline versus in the box. You talk to your players more. It's a little bit easier than the phone conversations. Besides the fact you deserve to be stranded in the press box, Kyle Shanahan. Your play calling late in that game was just embarrassing and it goes on the players as well it was a pure choke job but to just to just go against the book and to go against the grain that it really hurts you in that spot uh is just too much all right we have another call do we want to screen this one or do we want to just go live again you know what let's go live let's go live and we know tommy we'll have you answer we'll say we'll patch you through pretend like we're not on the air let's see what we get absolutely Hello? Yes, hello? Hi, is this Jake? Uh, this is uh, producer uh, Tom. Uh, may I ask who's calling? Where are you from? Ah, we caught you, J- Jane from Jerusalem. She hung up as soon as it wasn't me. Going to make a crude comment on my show. Get the hell out of here, Jane Can't from Jerusalem. This Whatever. is a wholesome, a wholesome sports podcast. Hey, is podcast. this Jake? Shut up. Anyways, what were we saying? Well, so much for taking calls today. Yeah, so far we're over two. We have the same girl calling. This twice. would be much easier, also, if we had a legitimate like call screening process. I know. Well, it's we don't still, really have. That we're here. still messing around with it. We'll get better and we'll promote it better. We'll have graphics and stuff. I have a girl now. Um, oh I, no, I don't have a girl. Oh well, what <laughs> to say? Um, Girls with a, with a Z at the end. No, um, there's a girl who helped me with a great graphic. I don't know if you guys saw the graphic last week for the Super Bowl show. How lit was that graphic? Which one? 
the the one with all the guests in one picture. Oh, she did with a great the logo. job. Was great. She did a great job. Shout out to Vix. Uh, Vix like vapor rub. Yeah, Vix. Vix. Shout out to Vix vapor rub. Cut the check, ladies. <laughs> um, great job on that. I don't. She's not gonna listen to this, but uh, I'll tell her we shout her out. But anyways, and be, uh, real quick, big shout out to your guy. Jim Rome giving you the shout oh, out for yeah, yeah. Nice Romy Romy Rome live on CBS Sports Radio and the CBS Sports Network. Looking very tan and spry down there in Houston. Yeah, man, he's Rome. always tan. Clones, fellow clones. I can't do a good Rome impression at all. It's a tough one. Uh, he's a, he's a tough one to do. Um, this is the Jake Brown show. We're talking Super Bowl here. We have I didn't even I don't think I teased it earlier. We have two guests on the program today. Former tight ends. We got a pair of tight ends. Um, only fitting that she asked me about ass because we had two tight ends coming on the show. So maybe she knew the guests on the program. How about that, Jane from Jerusalem, whatever your name is. George Reister and Anthony Becht. Excuse me? Sarah, you got, got a little scoop right here. ESPN is reporting that LeBron is heavily pushing for a mellow trade, even if it means trading Kevin Love. They, where's the money? Well, we know he wants to trade Kevin Love. He doesn't like Kevin Love at all. I mean, that's obvious. Well, I mean, the, the front office has so far said we, we want no part of it. But LeBron, who we all know runs that whole team, says, you got to do it. All right, another you caller. You got to do it. All right, no, she hung up again. All right, she, she tried, and I guess hung up. Does it have call? This has to have caller ID. It doesn't. It, I don't know. It doesn't. I think once we pick up, it says the number. Um... But you know what, LeBron, stop bitching and moaning. You have enough talent on your team. It's always, give me this, give me this, give me this. How many more pieces does a guy need? It's a joke. You have enough. Maybe go get a backup point guard like a Jameer Nelson, but enough trying to clamor for superstars. I mean, go win. Just do your job. Belichick did it. Brady did it. Do your job. What does this mean here for the Falcons going forward? Next year and years beyond, beyond, I don't know if the Falcons are going to consistently be this team. In my mind, I honestly th- kind of think this is a one-year wonder kind of thing. I think they're going to be good next year. I don't think they're going to go on another Super Bowl run. You have the Packers coming back next year. You still have the Cowboys are elite. You know the Giants are going to make noise next year. I honestly think the Bucks are going to make some more noise last year. They got a lot better. I don't think the Panthers and Saints are going to be as bad. I don't think the Cardinals could be as bad. They were supposed to be really good this year, and they were bad. And the Seahawks are going to be in the conversation. The NFC has a lot of teams that are going to be much improved next year, and I think it's going to be much tougher for the Falcons to get back than it is for the Patriots to get back. So I really think the Falcons missed out, and I know Luke sat over there. They missed out on an opportunity to really grab the Bulls by the horn. Grab the bull by the – is it Bulls? Bulls. All right, well, grab the Chicago Bulls by the thorns and really have a chance. That's just Jake being Jake. A chance to win a Super Bowl title. I don't think they're going to get back next year. I don't think they're going to get back to the NFC Championship. I think they're maybe going to be a first-round playoff team next year, and that's about it. We're going to wrap up on Twitter Live. Catch the show on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thanks to Tommy for doing that. But, guys, I do think the NFC is, has, is so stacked. It's going to be tough next year. I really do. Yeah. I mean, that's football, though. I mean, you look outside of the AFC. I mean, you always have the same guys, but, man, you know, it's – it's such a talented team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They need really need to improve in their defense. And we saw how great they looked down the stretch. But, I mean, you even saw it a little bit in the Packer game. For as good as they were in the first half, the second half, Packers came right out there and played with them. Well, and the defense the second, is young. Yeah, but, I mean, they, they run out of gas. They play great for a while, but then they just run out of gas. It's all about stamina. It's about playing a full 60. And I think this team showed you that they can play really good defense for three quarters, but they need that other 15 minutes. They need to make some improvements. I don't know if it's co- if it's coaching, if it's conditioning, or if it's going out and you know getting new players, but they need to do something. And now the coaching is going to change here um, with, with everything going on. I mean, Chip Kelly is potentially taking over as the offensive coordinator. I mean, bringing in a whole new outlook is going to be insane, but I really just don't think they could do it, guys. I don't think we could do it. And we'll have Anthony Becht We'll have George Reister um, give us their commentary on it. We'll have George Reister tell us why Terrell Owens is not a Hall of Famer. We have the caller again. Do we want to give it one more try, Tommy? Do you want to say something? Just for the culture, if we might have to. Are we going to do it for the culture? All right, here we go. We're going to try this caller again. Tommy, take it up. Hi, this is Tom, producer for the Jake Brown Show. Who is uh, calling in? 
Oh my goodness! How they get a healing? This is what you get for giving out your number on Twitter. We've had a girl pretend she's from Jerusalem and (laughs) asked, "Do I eat ass?" And then she called again, and Tommy picked up. She hung up, and then the next person called was an alien or something. I mean, let me take a page out of Mike Francesa's book. Read a book. Get a book. Go read. Go, Go read the newspaper. Number one. Like well, that was funny. Just ridiculous. See, when people are going to be like, hey, why don't you do a call-in segment? Well, this is why. Number <laughs> one. Oh, man. Just absurd. Uh, it was my birthday, and we got, we're going to transition here into uh, the message my mother, shout out to Mama Brown, left on my Facebook wall, which I got a couple of texts from a couple of girls who said, oh, that was so cute. Um <laughs> Listen to this message my mom left. You saw it, Luke, right? Did, did you see it? I did. A long message with a picture of me as a chef. Um, are you looking for it right now? No, no I'm, no. I'm going to read it for you. Here no, we go. No. All right, so on my birthday, <coughs> just so, so you know, my mom went all out to attempt and embarrass me. It was very nice. Thanks, Mom. It was a nice message. But here it is. You ready for my Mama Brown voice right now? You got to do it for, <coughs> for, all for, the culture? Out, for the culture, all your folks out in Queens. Got to be. All right, here we go. Mama Brown. Happy 26th birthday to my wonderful, talented, and driven son. You put the icing on your family cake. It wasn't always easy being your mom. There were long waits on lines at Toys R Us to get the latest Power Ranger figures. There were fights with Dad when you wanted to play with your Pocahontas doll and he was concerned for you. What are you talking about? My Pocahontas doll on my Facebook wall. Yeah, that that had me asking some questions. I used to have dolls and, like, strip them sometimes. Everyone had stuffed animals. But why do you write about the Pocahontas wall? Maybe that's where she got the ass-eating thing from. I don't know. I'm going to talk about it because it's already out there on my Facebook wall. So that's where the ass eating thing came from. She probably. says that, and then all right, here we go. Continue here. <clears throat> there were battles to get tickets for 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 so many games and concerts. It wasn't cheap being your mom. Exclamation point. But it was never dull. You make me so proud, and you always have. From the ten-page story you wrote in second grade to your latest interview on your podcast, I admire how you go after whatever you want. It is sad for me to not be able to see you on your birthday, especially since it is Super Bowl Sunday, and that brings back so many special memories. I wish you so much joy today and every day. I love you, Jake. There it is. Oh, yeah, baby. And uh, coincidentally, on Instagram Live, my brother, Robert Brown, uh, hopped in. Robert just missed the Mama Brown Facebook wall post, and this caller is trying again. Do we want to give it one last try, or we have given up? You should just let him on at this point. We shouldn't even vet. We should just let him go show. All right, we're going to try this caller again and see what happens. Oh, they hung up. This is a fun gimmick, though. I like this. Yeah, it's interesting. We need to do it better in screening so it doesn't happen on the show. Is this a real person? This is like a rough draft at this point. Um, But, yeah, an interesting message. What what are your feelings towards your parents posting on your wall, like that kind of stuff? Because I think parents a lot of times comment and stuff, and they don't think about it. They just post it. They don't think of the aftermath of potentially embarrassing this was nice i didn't mind the pocahontas thing was a little unnecessary but <laughs> i'm blessed with parents that do not have facebook twitter instagram like my my both my mom and my dad are not on social media which is a blessing yeah a I, blessing it's both just the of best. mine are and the thing with my dad is he po- when he posts stuff he ends it like with commas and just has wrong punctuation all over the place which i always find funny um but Luke, what are your thoughts? Your parents are on there. Your mom sometimes can re- leave embarrassing comments, but never anything terrible. I don't think there's anything embarrassing. I'll say this, and you've met my parents. You, Jake's been at Christmas the last about three, four years. He know I have. I am blessed with having the best parents, like in terms of you know in person and also online. I mean, yeah. my my dad very Luke's much. Luke's parents are a big himself, party. I'll say that. My mom, party. My mom's on there. I, she can say whatever she wants. She's a saint. And I'll say this too: what your mom wrote on there. It's like from the heart. It's real, and I think most people look at that and they're like, "Oh, that's not embarrassing." His mom up. She's like, "You know what? She. Uh, it's a great, the Pocahontas a real, thing is a, little a heartwarming <laughs> thing. It's funny. It's a nice little note. You know, it's, Jake. it's part of what makes you Jake." Yeah. Uh, Mama and Papa Halpert get lit. They, they, they get, it's a lituation when they're oh, it is a lituation. Christmas with the Halperts needs time. to be turned into a movie. 
It's a good time. Um, all right, enough about our moms. We got Anthony Beck. We got George Reiser coming on a bit. A couple of quick nuggets because we love nuggets here on the Jake Brown Show. Sixers, Pelicans, talking to Jaleel Okafor trade. I know you're all for it as a Sixers fan. What do you want in return for Jaleel? Um, At least a first-round pick. Well, the report coming out, I believe it was from a CBS radio person or CBS person, stated that it's going to be – they're looking to get Drew Holiday back to the Sixers or they're looking to get a backup center and then a first to go along with it, which I would like. I mean, Jaleel's going to be a good player in this league. I just don't – I don't see it happening. It's not a long-term solution with us. That's for sure. All right, we have the caller again. Do we want to try it one more time? All right, here we go. Tommy, talk. Ready? Three. Hey, is the producer of the Jake Brown Show, Tommy P. Hi, my name is Chelsea from the Yonkers. I have a question. Sure, no problem, Chelsea. What's your question? Um, how long does it take to get a receding hairline shape up? <laughs> there it is again. She's coming in hot. She's changing the name and everything. She, so for Instagram Live here, a, 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 I think she said Hasidic. She, no, she said no, no, she's Chelsea Recedi- from Yonkers. Yeah, now she's from Yonkers. Receding hairline shape up. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. because uh, uh, Obviously, it's a it's a joke. The question was, how long does it take to get a receding hairline shape up? Clearly a knock that my hair is receding and I'm bald. Um, I'll but, say this, though. At 100%, I like you better, bald. Yeah. Like, it's a good look. I, so if I had not like this bald, screw them. Yeah, this is sexy. great. Jake bald is sexy. I've known Jake for how, at least uh, sort of 10 years. But I would say seven years at this point. I think I met you 2009, so like around seven, eight years. But how is you she going to comment on it? I don't have the hair anymore. You've ever looked. This is the See, best you've ever looked. Tommy, you've known him for a while, too. I mean, he's, come on. He's, he's Let's call it a spade a spade. He's, just, he's a good-looking kid. He's a handsome fellow. See, I got, see, look at this. You look hot, and you do look bald. Look good bald, not going to lie, on Instagram. So yeah, the ladies are chiming ladies in. Ladies love it. I love it. But just, I mean. The height helps, too. The, yeah. like, height is big. Like, am I supposed to be like, like I don't care. Like, I don't know who this well, person this is. is. You're, you're a public figure now. People he keeps saying you. this public figure line. Like, oh, I got you. Got well, you're getting, we're getting you in. got a podcast with CBS. You're not a public figure. What I is guess this? that makes me f- like public figure. It's yeah. Like POTUS. Yeah, girls want to go eat groceries. I mean, you're a big deal now. Yeah, man. People care about you going grocery shopping. I wonder who this person. I have an idea, and I'll say off air who it might be. Uh-oh. Uh oh. But. Uh-oh. I have been wrong on my presumptions before. Question, did you only put this on Twitter? Jake2020 from Drew on Instagram Live. Yeah. I agree. Did you only Potus. put this on Twitter or was this on Facebook as well? It's I posted it Facebook and Twitter. Um, so. so if it's Facebook, it could be someone you know. All right, so you want a holiday, maybe a first-round pick for Okafor. We'll talk with Reister about it. I like who got in, but I do agree Terrell Owens. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know what that was. Um, uh, that's what Rice basically said. He's basically called up a lung because he couldn't believe it. Um, I think Terrell Owens should have got in. I think he will get in next year. The media thing played a part of it. You can't really deny the guys who did get in, though. I'm so happy Morin got in, especially because we interviewed him last week. I think he deserved it. So Morin happy. Terrell, I think it could have waited a little bit. I think Terrell Davis, I think, is, is a great player, but there's been better. Terrell Davis is the Gale Sayers of our generation. Excellent point. He yeah. was, when he played, like, look at the dude. He, I, I want to say he played healthy, full seasons. I mean, four four times. I mean, each time was all pro. We had a Super Bowl, two Super Bowls, one time a Super Bowl MVP, and 2,000 yards. He was so dominant in that short era, and if he would have kept playing, no doubt, Hall of Famer. Was Jason Taylor deserved to get in this? Yes. Year? So do you, I'm looking at I Jason Taylor. Was there a spot for Terrell Owens? Yes. Or? But this is the thing with receivers, though, and this is the thing that people need to realize if they don't is that receivers take forever to get in. It doesn't matter how good I, yeah, you I are. Agree. Tim Brown at, took a while, right? On the top of my head, Marvin Harrison took two years. Marvin Harrison, I, Andre Reed took forever to get in the Hall of Fame. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking it was James Lofton, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong about that. Took forever. I mean, there's so many people. Uh, Chris Carter took, I think, seven or eight years. Receivers are a different animal. I don't know why it is this way, but it's just the way it is. And it's like it's it's different when you, with 
with us talking about, oh, is this person a Hall of Famer? Yeah, but you have to think about it, how the voters vote. And these Hall of Fame vote voters for especially the NFL and definitely Major League Baseball are, oh, is this guy a first ballot? Is this guy a second ballot? Oh, it's not this guy's time yet. It's weird. And so I think that's why this conversation... And I know you hate odd. the MLB vote. Yeah, I think the MLB vote. It should is be: a Are joke. you a Hall of Famer or are you not a Hall of Famer? Yeah, there's too many things around it. I'm not a fan. A um, couple more quick nuggets. Uh, who throw one name out there? Who stole Tom Brady's jersey after the game? Probably some knucklehead that ended up in the throw a name, room. a celebrity name, a joking a name that may have stole it. Who was there? Go. Mims. <laughs> Mims wasn't there, so no. It's coming up on the Jake Brown show. Nah, right. I can uh, see one of those barstool guys taking it. Barstool? I think it was just a random. Well, actually, question. I think I one of the equipment it. guys who maybe did took it and he at, said he was going to hide it. Did this happen at the stadium? Yeah, obviously. I mean, he may have taken it with they him. They showed the know. video. You didn't, oh, well, Luke was, Luke, Luke was sleep all day, so he goes, I'm, Oh I'm my I'm God, his jersey was stolen. Me and Tommy were like, Bro, that's yeah, 8 a.m. news. I just didn't want to be awake for a while. I just slept. How do you not hold on to that, John, though? I don't understand. John, there's Philly coming in. Yeah, enough. We'll find out where it is. I think it's somewhere. So he'll get it back. And then last one, over under four wins for the Niners under Kyle Shanahan. Um, Need to see the team put together. But right now, say under. Uh, over. I'm going to take over five or six. All not, right. Not that Push. 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 <laughs> All right. Coming up on the Jake Brown Show next is Anthony Becht, followed by former tight end Anthony Becht, followed by former tight end George Reister. And we got nice tight ends on this show and receding hairlines. I like that. We're You know what we are? We'll get our French on right now. We're all the way up. Hit me with that. Hit me with that. One more. Hit me with that. All the way up. All right. Anthony Beck, George Rice here coming up on our post-Super Bowl show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And make sure you check out Mims coming up tomorrow and our web extra. This is why I'm still hot freestyle. Coming up on our Facebook page. We out. Damn, son. Where'd you find this one? I'm George Reister, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And we're back on The Jake Brown Show. CBS Radio is played out at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. On the line with a guy that uh, he's made the rounds of shows that I've been on. I mean, he's he's been on WGBB in Long Island. He was on ESPN Radio New Hampshire, I think. Uh, he was on Brown and uh, Scoop. He was on Brown and Troop, and now he's on the Jake Brown Show. He's former NFL 12-year tight end, ESPN college football analyst, Bucks pre- and post-game host on 620 WDAE. Anthony Becht, Anthony underscore Becht on Twitter. What's good, man? I know you just got back from Houston. I mean, uh, the aftermath must be uh, pretty insane. I did. I'll tell you, what a game. I mean, uh, and I kind of, as I watched this thing unravel, it was kind of mind-boggling to me because, you know, I know how hard it is being a former player to win football games in the NFL, and then you put all those other variables in play, and then you think to yourself, and you just sit back and you watch how this thing ended out, and you're like, wow, this – this is one hell of an impressive victory for the Patriots. And, you know, I'm still, I feel the pain of the Falcons fans. And I, you know, I'm definitely feeling the, the, the excitement and, and, the, and the push that the, that the Patriots had done and, and their fan base and the emotional roller coaster. So, from a fan's perspective and a former player watching, it was just an unbelievable game. Have you seen anything like that, a comeback like that late in a game in a big spot? Absolutely not. I mean, what can you compare it to? I mean, what's the bigger, the biggest thing, the biggest, you know, game you could potentially possibly play in. It's the Super Bowl. You know, I've never been able to get there when I was a player that close twice, but, you know, close only counts for, you know, telling my kids and my, and my, you know, about the stories of when I used to play and almost getting there. And I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing feat. And, uh, you know, when you're 28 to three, uh, you know, in, in the third quarter and you're the Falcons, you're thinking, okay, this is a wrap. How do we take care of this business and finish this thing off so we're hoisting up a trophy? And it's unfortunate for them, but definitely something that our eyes might, might not see again in, in quite a long time, but definitely the biggest comeback and the biggest moment I've ever been around. You can't even enter a conversation where anyone wants to put anyone in the same stratosphere, I think, as Tom Brady at this point. Uh, would you agree with that? It's Brady or Buss, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, unless I'm a former Jets uh, player and, you know, I know that fan base. And, it's, you know, for me, it was, you know, he was a hated man for, you know, for 10, at least 10 games of my career. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, again, he's – no one can touch him. I mean, uh, it's it's just unexplainable. Uh, his work ethic, what he does year in and year out, 
you know, continuing to find ways to raise his game where he's done everything. And the fact that he's still driven to continue to do that and get into that process and, and just go through the rigors and take care of your body. It is a mental, mental grind for players to do that year in and year out. And they are playing the longest seasons of any team year in and year out. So very limited time off. And they are grinding for a long, longer than any other NFL team over the last 15 years. So uh, he's got a lot of wear and tear on that body. And he's really, you, you just got to applaud his, you know, his work ethic and the, and the ability to take care of yourselves for such, such a long time. you got to figure he's got, what, three to f- maybe five years tops left in him. This guy, when it's all said and done, could potentially get to seven Super Bowls. It's just absurd. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the biggest thing you, wor- you worry about is just a freak injury, mm-hmm. you know, an Achilles tear, uh, you know, a knee kind of gives out. I mean, you know, you can strengthen your body for so long and for so many years, but, you know, it doesn't regenerate youth in the growth of those muscles and tendons. I mean, those things still age uh, the way just like other, any other human being does in the world. So, I, you know, I, I hate saying that because I feel like that's going to be the one thing that maybe pulls him back as a player, a freak injury. But other than that, if it doesn't happen, he's just going to continue to do the same thing. He will not falter backwards because you know think about what he's doing on the football field i mean you know he's not throwing the longest deep ball of all the quarterbacks he's not a guy that's gonna you know try to you know kill you with his arm i mean he can get the fastballs in when he needs them but it's just his calculations his his diagnosis of defenses pre-snap and just the ability to know and have information and knowledge in his mind that's what he beats you with and the mind again you can keep that fresh for a very long time so you know, he's not going to have to move in the pocket. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has to move two yards to his left or right or up or back. That's it. I mean, there is no other conditioning with an occasional run in a game here or there. So, uh, again, it's a different position, and you can you know stand the test of time, and he has got the mentals to do that year in and year out. And being the fact he's in those big games, in those big moments, those, those, those mentals are, are encapsulated, and he can go back in time and remember scenarios and not be nervous and not feel the pressures of it. And, and that's right now where he has the edge over every single player on the planet. Anthony underscore Beck on Twitter here on the Jake Brown Show. Man, I love I love that you shut Doug Gottlieb up on Twitter, man, because he, he, him and Skip Bayless uh, called this game over at halftime. I mean, everyone did. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. I mean, look, I didn't, I wasn't saying anything to Doug at all. And I just, it was kind of a thing where I, I checked my Twitter line and with all due respect, dot, dot, dot. And, and he's telling me these things about a football team and what's going on and how they play. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I mean, I'm not questioning this man's ability to understand other sports outside of basketball. And, you know, I know Doug, Doug, I've never met him, but I know what he's about. I'm like, why is he saying this? I mean, this is not how it's going to play out. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, that's not what it is. It's not about Jimmy's and Joe's and, and what Atlanta does. They haven't done anything. They, they have one good year this year that they've been able to kind of encapsulize throughout the season. I know what the Patriots are going to do at halftime. I know how it's going to go down. I know what their players are going to think. I know what their coaches are going to do. It's not going to look as bad as it does at half. Now, did I think they were going to win? I didn't, but I let that marinate Jake a little bit. I didn't want to respond to that tweet because I wanted to kind of filter through and let the game go in and let the scores happen. And I was actually praying for a Patriots win because I did pick the Falcons to win by four, I believe, uh, earlier in Twitter. And I was sitting next to my wife. My wife hates the Patriots. And she's like, why are you rooting for the Patriots? Like, trust me, there's a bigger thing at the end of this. So, you know, it was all in good fun, but I had to have something to come back at that. Because I get, you know, to me, I was just like, what are you even, what are you picking on me for? I mean, you know, this is my game. This is my world. And it just, I kind of got a laugh out of it, but I had to come back at him with something. You had to, because it's just foolish on him and then Skip. I mean, uh, Jimmy and, I mean, they we're talking about this team that's won four freaking Super Bowls versus a team that's a one-year wonder. Uh, I mean, we had Mims in studio. Mims, you could call a one-two-hit wonder. The, the, the Falcons are a one-year wonder. So to, to count out Belichick and Brady, 
uh, is just foolish. I'm sorry Luke's in behind the boards, but they were a team that no one saw doing this. So to count a team, and even Luke said, it, even at 28-3, this game was not over. And, and Doug tweeted out the Vince Carter gif of uh, the dunk contest saying it's over. So I, I'm glad you said something, bro. <laughs> Hey, I mean, he called. He started, so I got. He started. Um, I mean, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, how do you allow that sack to even happen? How do you not run the ball three times and set up a chip shot for Matt Bryant there? You know, I've been around Kyle a little bit with the Buccaneers. You know, he was a young, aspiring coach. You know, working his way, learning from one of the greats and John Gruden. You know, he's accelerated his career fairly quickly, and, you know, obviously it looks like he's going to be the 49ers coach. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of the youthfulness of that happening for guys. I think there's a there's an, ex, an experience, a timeline of events that have to happen for you as a, as a coach to go through to ultimately become a head coach. And I think that moment was most glaring as in, the fact that that situation came up and it wasn't handled maybe the best. And I think these are the situations and the moments that you need to go through as, you know, an assistant coach, a coordinator, and remember those moments so that when you get that chance and that opportunity, you know, you can, you know, make the most of it. Uh, You know, look, it wasn't his finest day in those last few drives. There's no question. Up to that point, I thought he was genius. I thought his his game plan was spectacular. But at the end of the day, the great, great coaches, the coaches that understand situations, the coaches that look beyond just three quarters and can see how this thing can happen in the final 18 minutes, you're the great ones, the ones that see past what exactly is going on. I mean, Bill Belichick was coaching hard. I mean, the cameras were on him. He was writing stuff down. He normally does that, but, again, you just saw there's – He's like, how can we do this? How can we fix this? You know, we got this, or he's thinking, we got this long halftime. They have their conversation. They come back out and they try to put something together so it's better than how they started. And obviously, over the course of time, it, that, that's been a positive. But for Kyle Shanahan, huge learning experience. And hopefully, you know, he takes that and chalks that up and understands how that, you know, he can build and learn from that in the future. Well, I'll say this he's leaving at a good time. I mean, he's not leaving for the best place. He's leaving for. Maybe a nice uh, weathered place, but a team that may win five or six games in the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, no uh, Julio Jones, no Matt, uh, Matt Ryan's. Uh, Jeremy you know, no Curley. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'm not placing any doubt on those players, but it is a different world. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to be a head coach, basically. But I just don't. If he wins games there, he'll definitely stay at his claim. But, you know, I don't see it happening anytime soon. Anthony Beck, 12-year NFL tight end. You could catch him ESPN College Football. we got a long way till that. Baseball is soon coming. Very excited for baseball and, and the 620 WDA. <laughs> Are you a baseball guy? Uh, I, you know, I, I occasionally watch it through the season. I am all in on the playoffs, uh, obviously, and I follow a little bit of the local squad here in Tampa, so uh, you know, for sure when it comes you know, to meaningful games, my eyes are on it. Yes, sir. Anthony Beck, good talking to you, man. appreciate you coming on the show. You got it, Jake. Anytime, man. Take care. Anthony Beck, former NFL 12-year tight end, ESPN analyst, covering the world of college football on the Jake Brown Show. And we're back on the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's played out at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show on Twitter. As we're recapping, maybe you could call it the greatest Super Bowl. I mean, we'll call it the greatest comeback. We'll call it the only one that went to overtime. Definitely in the top three with a guy that I've talked to many times over the past. He dates back to the days I was on ESPN Radio in New Hampshire on a show called The Weekend with Jake and Drew. Um, and now he's here on CBS Radio's Play.it. Former Jaguars tight end George Reister. Follow him on Twitter at George Reister. What's right, George? What's good? Man, you you already know if it's not rice or it's wrong. <laughs> You're the perfect name for so many puns and so many things. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to these days? What's going on? Um, just just working on some uh, pro- projects with my production company and doing some freelance stuff for for Fox Sports and still doing radio as well. Just just living every day, just trying to be the best I can be. Loving lo- loving sports, loving life. 
loving my, my family and loving food. Are you running from the cops right now? I hear the cops in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. That, that's actually a fire truck going, <laughs> going by. There are. I, I live. The uh, the uh, police don't frequent in my neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was funny. Uh, George Rice are joining us. All right, so I mean, man, what a game! I mean, the comeback, Brady. The storylines are endless. Uh, break down what you witnessed uh, yesterday. What you watched yesterday. Um, I, I I witnessed obviously Belichick and Brady having another comeback. James James White being a little bit underrated, but even bigger than that, I noticed a failure by the Falcons and Matt Ryan showing why he is a second tier quarterback again, and why he, and and it's not to knock his season because he had a fabulous 2016 season, but when you look at the numbers, I tweeted out at halftime that the key stat in the whole game was that the Patriots had run 42 offensive plays to the Falcons 19 at halftime. Though they were up 21 to three, their offense hadn't done anything to help their defense. Their defense had played well, but what you have to remember is that plays start to tire guys out. And I know guys, people, people say, Oh man, you're a professional. You should be able to dig deep and all this stuff. Yeah. But your body, when you're playing at that high a level, that fast there's only so much that you can do and fatigue matters conditioning no matter how great a shape you're in when a quarterback's speeding up and we particularly when you're on defense and you don't know what the other team is doing and you actually have to stop them it's harder on your body than it is on the on the offense and you saw time and time again where Matt Ryan, he played, when you look at his stat line, what, 284 yards, two touchdowns, like it looks reasonably impressive. But he, there were so many times in the game that he didn't take chances. He didn't make the throws that he needed to make. He was playing not to lose as opposed to playing to win. Do you look at, and it's actually official now, it looks like it's been announced, Kyle Shanahan will be officially the new coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And we said early in the show, I mean, this guy is leaving at the perfect time, bro. How do you not run the ball? Uh, how do you allow that sack to happen? And how do you not run the ball three times there with under four minutes to play? Well, you see, there, there there's two schools of thought to it, right? First of all is you have the reigning NFL who has been lights out all year, particularly in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And as a coordinator, you're thinking, all right, it, it's an obvious rundown here. So if we go to go go past, we may catch the Patriots off guard, and it just did not work out. I mean, in hindsight, is twenty twenty, and obviously, the more prudent thing would have been to run the uh, ball. But I think that was a situation where you kind of outsmarted yourself. But in reality, I mean, the, the the Falcons had so many opportunities to move the football, and they just showed an inability to do so and you saw Matt Ryan take a few sacks and you saw that um that they weren't able to extend drives which would have kept the Patriots off the field I mean if you can go on a four minute drive even if you have to punt three minutes and three minutes and 30 seconds and you have to punt in the fourth quarter if you if you do that twice the game's over Mm -hmm. the game is literally over and and so yes the, the Patriots and Belichick get a ton of credit for what they for what they accomplished, mainly because they didn't give up. But you have to look at the Falcons. I mean, they thought that this game was over, just like most people did. And I will say this about the Patriots: they are the only team in the NFL. There's one team in the NFL, and there's one team in college that you have to beat for the entire 60 minutes. If you play 59 minutes, you will lose. If you play 58 minutes, you will lose. That is the Patriots, and that is Alabama. They can be beat, but you have to beat them the entire game. Like, you can't let up at any point in time. Otherwise, they will, they will get momentum. Some bad things will happen to you, and they'll get some favorable calls as well. But you have to do your job. George Reister. Follow him on Twitter, at George Reister. All right, we talked a lot of Super Bowl with you, Anthony Beck. I talked Super Bowl. I want you to sound off. I mean, let profanity out if you have to. Terrell Owens not getting to the Hall of Fame. I know you were upset on Twitter about it. Sound off why you believe uh, he was robbed this year. Oh, I don't believe he was robbed. I know he was robbed, and everybody else knows that he was robbed. 
Okay, a man who has over 15,000 yards, over 1,000 catches, 153 touchdowns, second all-time, how do you not put this guy in the Hall of Fame? And when you look at the what the criteria for putting a guy in the Hall of Fame should be is, can you tell the story of the game of this generation without this player? And you cannot tell the story of the game in this generation without Terrell Owens. You just you just can't. And if you can, you're you're a liar. People say he obliterated teams. He did this. He did did that. At the end of the day. You put the players in the Hall of Fame that deserve to be, despite whether you like them, despite whether you they you hate them, regardless of what you feel about their character. It is about what did you do on that field. And the same is true of, of baseball. Same is true of basketball. If you don't like a guy, so what? Kirk Shilley should be in the Hall of Fame. He can call me. He can hate me as a black man. He can call me an N-word up and down the street, but I still believe that the man belongs in the Hall of Fame. And the same with Terrell Owens. You can say whatever you want to say about him. The man has never been arrested, never had – yes, he's highly emotional. Yes, he's had some other things going on. But in reality, on that field is the only thing that matters. And whoever did not vote for him to, to be in the Hall of Fame, they should get their voting rights revoked because you're, you're making a mockery and a sham of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is for the best players – who've ever played this game, and you under no circumstance, I don't care if you feel like he obliterated teams or whatever, was he one of the best players of all time? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. There's no way that you can keep him out of your top six receivers of all time. You can't do it. And if you do, you you are you are a liar, you are a fraud, and you yourself need your head examined. Do you think, though, that, and I agree, he should be a Hall of Famer, and I'm surprised, he hasn't got in, but do you think the whole media thing and him retiring and just the everything surrounding him affected it and his relationship with the media? Of course. Of mm-hmm. course, because the media holds grudges. These are – a lot of these people who aren't voting for him are are people who are they're, – they're finally they're, – they're pen wielders who are finally happy to have some power in life. <laughs> and, and, and they are going to – and now they're going to – and now they're going to bully the athlete now. Now they're going to be now, – now they're in charge. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's criminal. It is just – it's below board. The fact that he didn't even get in as a first ballot, he, he, he should have been unanimous selection, let alone just the first ballot. And then he doesn't get in on the second ballot. I, I mean, it really takes away a lot of the credibility of the Hall of Fame when you don't put players in that deserve to be in. Do you agree with the guys, George, that did get in? I had Morton Anderson on last week. I think he's the best kicker ever. I think he deserved it. Uh, Jason Taylor is a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he needed to get in yet. Uh, Terrell Davis is. I don't know if he did yet. Um, But do you agree with everyone else that got in? Those are the two guys in particular that you look at, or even a Kurt Warner, that you could replace T.O. with. I mean, and you say – all right, well, that guy, because there's only a limited amount of spots that can get in, then T.O. has to get in. So then, yes, so then one of those three guys can be removed because you can't remove Tomlinson. Jerry Jones doesn't count towards his, uh, towards T.O.'s election, so so that doesn't matter. Morton Anderson, greatest kicker of all time. Um, time uh, you, you can't really argue with uh, that, but, but uh, I mean, just how do you leave the guy out? I think he'll get in next year, though. I think I think he's got to get in. What? Why? Yeah. Why? As I keep hearing that, as I keep hearing people say, "Oh, but he'll get in next year." Why should a first ballot Hall of Famer have to wait for the mm-hmm. third ballot? I mean, why? Yeah. Are, I mean, where do you, as a writer, get off trying to punish a guy because you don't like him? That that mm-hmm. makes that makes you a jerk too. That makes you <laughs> uh, you are exactly what you say that he is you are a team obliterator you are a hall of fame obliterator you are who they thought we were (laughs) exactly you so you're not doing the right thing because you don't think he did the right thing oh oh so oh so now you're on no no you you're um i love a quote that says when you're if you get in a fight with 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 monsters don't you yourself become a monster and and you have become a monster if you are a voter and you do not for people to be in just because you don't like them. 
<laughs> that's that's it right there. Yeah, and uh, just do your damn job. <laughs> do your damn job. George Reiser sounding off. Get T.O. in the Hall of Fame before George casts a vote himself and runs the whole thing. <laughs> to play oh, to win listen, the game. Listen, Fire it up. Tell you this, is that is that is that baseball has done itself a disservice with, with its Hall of Fame when you have guys like 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 uh, like Bagwell, Mike Piazza, who have admitted to using Andro, and you have Bud Selig, who was the commissioner of baseball, which allowed all the steroids uh, and PEDs to go on just to save the game after the strike. Mm-hmm. And he, they're in the Hall of Fame, but you don't have Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens in the Hall of Fame. That makes no sense. And then on top of that, you don't even vote Kurt Schilling in because, because you don't like him because he's a jerk. <laughs> Who cares? What yeah. did they do on the field? And, yeah. and, and, and all of this is just really just this, – this line of reasoning is exactly why you have some – big stars and big names not showing up to the Grammys is exactly why. Because because when you don't put people in or you don't vote for people who should be getting the awards or should be getting the, the votes, it takes away all your credibility as a legitimate organization. Yeah, I mean, a good comparison to the Grammys. I mean, Bieber says he's not even going to show up because he doesn't respect him. This guy is one of the phases of music. Um, yep. so, so you're right. Uh, George Rice. Yeah, I think, I think T.O. gets it next year, but I agree. I think he should have got in. The issue, I think, it just is that you can't fit everyone in in one year, and I think that's the problem. I think baseball just does it um, probably worse than everyone. How how baseball does their voting uh, is just yeah. a joke. And so. and football is clearly headed down that same path. Yep. George Reiser sounding off. Follow him on Twitter for all those uh, reactions and commentary. At George Reiser, former Jaguar tight end. Uh, George, good talking to you again, man. Enjoyed uh, Enjoyed what you had to say. Oh, no problem, Jake. All right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.